Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you inky savages are joining us for episode number 186 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. Sorry we missed last week. Tom was kind of busy with his family stuff, so soccer games and whatnot, so we couldn't coordinate a time. But I have some exciting news, and it comes from Luxury Brands of America, and you guys are going to like this, because they're, they're actually launching a new product. I'm going to read this. Introducing the all-new Endless Companion 10 Adjustable Pen Pouch. It is the perfect accessory for every writing enthusiast. That's a bold statement, but it does look really awesome. After many requests for a larger case size, Endless has delivered, and in incredible fashion. The 10 pen case features a leather divider, which also acts as the notebook's holder. So there's a notebook that you can put a notebook in it, which is really cool. This feature allows the length and width of the case to be virtually the same as the five pen, but it is thicker to accommodate the additional five pens. As with the five pen companion, the 10 pen companion comes with one dotted pocket storyboard notebook. So you get a free notebook, which is really cool. As always, well, you're paying for it, so it's not free. It's included. As always, the companion features Endless's innovative adjustable pen loops, so you can fit almost any pen of any size. In addition, the cartridge converter slot that you all know and love, if you knew and loved it, is still included in the 10 pen companion. That's pretty cool. I like it. So like you can carry around 10 pens, a notebook, a converter, and a cartridge. So you're good to go. You can write the bejesus out of anything you want to write anywhere. I think that's great. Because one pen sometimes is just not enough. Right? Sometimes you'll start writing and then you'll say to yourself, you know what, I need a different pen. I'm feeling something else. So then you move to something else. And these are going to be available soon. So they've la they're launching. They're on the way to my sponsors, Goldspot. So check out Goldspot Pens using the affiliate link in the description below. And make sure you make your purchases and use coupon code. I forgot the coupon code. Tom? Titanium. Titanium. Use coupon code TITANIUM at checkout for an additional savings on most of the products on the Goldspot website through the affiliate link. Now, here's what's really, really cool. Most of the products are discountable. Some are not, which is not as cool. But make sure to use coupon code TITANIUM at checkout. Save yourself 10% in additional savings on most of the products. Coupon code TITANIUM. Anyway, Tom and I have a lot of things to talk about this week. We have some catching up to do. We will do so. And thank you for joining us. But before we get started, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I. Mostly from me. So be forewarned if you haven't warned. Now on to the podcast. The Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. So you said you had some amazing news. Yeah, but no? it was about... It was about what we were just about to talk about that you said we can't talk oh. about. Oh. You know? Okay. Which is kind of cool. You know? Oh. But I got it in the mail. And you guys are going to have to stay tuned if you want to figure out what it actually is. But it's pretty awesome. I like mm. it. I like it a lot because of the color. Because of the, the nib, the way it writes. It's good stuff. But 
another exciting news. Stay tuned. We're going to get someone from Karis Customs to sit down with us because I have been on my Karis Custom. This is the copper. Did I show this last week? This is the copper. We did talk about that. Ink. And, yeah. and I kind of figured that you, you, you had... Did they reach out via listening to any of the couple last episodes or you reached out to no them? no i reached out to g over at Karis customs the person that ah. i was talking to because so what happened was i wanted to get re-get the copper ink but it's not on the website so mm. i reached out and then she said like listen we have some left we just have to you know get them ready to put up on the site but if you want we'll you know we'll i'll send you an invoice for one so i said invoice the shit out of me you know, so she invoiced me, and then I got it in the mail. Really excited about it. Um, not tinker. I haven't tinkered with. I I've been tinkering a lot these days, and I posted it on Instagram the other day. I think I think you're right. I think I have a tendency of over tightening things to the point of destruction. So you just take it to that little extra. You know how they say, "Don't over tighten." Yeah, it's just, that just doesn't apply to you. It's just, it's yeah. just like, so, oh. you know, I, I ended up having to buy a strip screw set to unscrew mm. screws and hex screws and torque screws that I over tighten because I just want to make sure things are secure when I secure them. And then yeah. that made me realize, like, when it comes to pen caps, I need to dial it back a little bit. Just turn it until it just stops and then stop there. Over-tightening, not good. And I've never actually destroyed a pen from over-tightening, I think. <laughs> I think I might have over-tightened a nib unit and destroyed the nib that way. But I think that's like a, I think I have like a problem with that. So I'm going to really resolve that. And one of the ways I did resolve it is I got a tool by, I think it's called, was it Williams? I can't remember. Wheelers, wheelers. So basically what it is, it's like it looks like a screwdriver, but it has like a measure measurement on it. You can set the pounds pounds per inch, right? Okay. And um when you set the pounds per inch hold on a second, I just my, my, my wife is texting me. So basically I won't over tighten. You know? So the driver so, doesn't allow you to over tighten. No, so you set it for like, you know, 35 pounds per inch or something like that or mm -hmm. some measurement it's it, it's a weird measurement and let's say you set it to 35 you turn it until it clicks kind of like the monte uh -huh. grappa monte grappa and then uh -huh. it won't go tighter than that if you set it to like 80 it'll go to 80 pounds per inch whatever the measurement is and then mm -hmm. it'll click and then even if you click it like five or six times it's not going to get tighter and tighter it's just going to Stop it just there. disengages so that if you turn it, it's not going yeah, to it's actually just turn. Keep, it's just going to, yeah, keep clicking. That is a so, handy tool for somebody it, like you who needs to yeah, it's, make sure it that is. things are precisely fit, but just not too much. Yeah, and you know what it is? You know how many oh shit moments I've had when I, I go to un, I go to unscrew something, but then the screw strips or the hex screw strips or the torque screw strips, and then the like the torque torque wrench twists and it's just no longer usable a lot of like oh shit moments and then i'm sitting there i'm like how am i going to get this out it got to a point that i posted on instagram where i had to screw it i had to just drill into the screw and 
down to the, like where the threads are uh, so that it became weak and then I just grabbed just pull, it with a yeah, pair of pliers and, oh, and twisted geez. it out. So it's crazy. like, holy cow. And you know what? I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to make sure I don't over tighten things. I'm going to tighten things the way they're supposed to, but not overdo it because I certainly do overdo it. I'm imagining caps, you screws, when bolts. you were in like kindergarten, like putting stuff together and, and yours would always be like your, the teacher would come over like, Roy, you're over tightening this. Just, <laughs> you know, you'd be like putting together like a, like a toy or something. And it's just like, you know? Yeah. It's all yeah. So, yeah. So holler at your boy. Guess what? I got some cool news about me. Unrelated to pens. Mm-hmm. I am you're all full of news today. Yeah, I know. Let's bring it on. I am now unrelated to pens and related mm. to tightening screws and not doing that anymore and having a tool that will prevent me from doing it. Mm. I am a certified, authorized Glock armorer. That means I can repair, I can repair Glocks as per Glock, which I think is cool. You know? Okay. So that doesn't serve any purpose for fountain pens at all. But if but, there's any fountain pen that's the name of Glock, perhaps? <laughs> right, right. Then could we send them to you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Any, if any, Glock makes a fountain pen. If Glock makes a fountain pen, okay. it'll probably be made of polymer. And okay. are there any pens made of polymer? Like what kind of polymer? Because wouldn't, it, wouldn't like resin fall under a polymer sort I don't of know. category? Or I'm guessing. I don't that. know. I don't know. I've been using metal pens nowadays especially the copper pen because i just love the heaviness and the weight of it and Mm -hmm. it's so it's so unique as much as i love resins i don't know i've just been i don't want to damage them i don't want to like have it in my pocket and then like have to worry about the fragility of it yeah you know what i mean and then if i put it in my my breast pocket I don't want the top of it to get hit with some debris or something like that, or as I'm walking through a doorway, scratch it. It's the worst feeling in the world, right? Yeah. Did you ever have that happen to you where you have like a pen that you really like and then you get a blem on it Mm -hmm. and then a blemish on it and because of that, it's just no longer your favorite pen. You can't even look at it. And when you do look at it, it's the only thing that you see. No? I really really can't say that I've had i'm trying to think because i have my some of my pens out in front of me but i can't really say that i have like any pens that have extreme blemishes like that mm. you know, like no dents or scratches that i at least that i can recollect that yeah. i earned through some sort of miss you know use or not misuse but like just hitting it against something mm. i mean it doesn't have to be like messed up all around But, like, imagine Mm -hmm. you have this nice, shiny pen, be it acrylic, metal, whatever, and there's just, like, one glaring scratch on it or a nick on it. Right. Right? Like, wouldn't – would that get you to, like, replace it? You know what I Uh, mean? Like, what – where's the line for you where you have a pen and something – it writes fine, functions fine, Mm -hmm. there's a blemish on it. What would cause you, and where's the line for you, that would make you go out and just replace the whole pen? And this question uh, for, goes out to everybody. So I got, I got the dogs are, are crying because um, the, the rest of my family just got home. Mm. So that's why they're like, they're like whining. They're behind me. They're, in, they're in the, behind the green screen, of course. 
Um, but to answer your question, you know, it, it's like all the pens that I have, I want to be like, they're my, my user pens. Like I use them. I, I kind of use them with the idea that I would be okay if they get beaten up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they had like a little scratch or, you know, or not, just as long as they don't have like a really bad crack or like a chip missing of the material. And I, you know, I would feel that then also if it did, I couldn't feel comfortable with then, let's say, putting that pen for sale if I don't want to have it anymore because of it, because then it's not, it it would then become somebody else's chipped yeah. pen, you know. So I would no, feel I, I would feel worse about that, you know. I wouldn't you, want to do yeah, that. Yeah, I get it. So I, get I so, but like I I really feel like most of them. I really the only pen that I've I've used enough that it's kind of started to fall apart. Uh, was the uh, Nemesine, the Singularity. You remember how oh, like yeah. those had the issues with the hairline fissures in the cap yeah. lip? So yeah. I actually used it enough, and I've beaten it up enough that 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 cap started to deteriorate. Like, actually, pe- instead of the fissures, it started to... The chips started to come off. So, oh, wow. So that, at that point, it has become functionally not usable anymore because then air starts getting into the 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 capped pen and it dries out on me all the time Mm -hmm. so my remedy for that is i actually happen to have a spare demo cap for that pen somewhere i just ended up coming across it like in my desk and i was like oh crap i gotta save this pen i just Hmm. found the cap and put a new cap on it but yeah that's the only time that had something that that was beat up that bad um but i mean that's a that's a pen that it's so inexpensive that if i if it ran its course i would be like okay you know just it's it's done. Just send it on its way. Do a little funeral thing for it. Hmm. And, Do you? you know. it, but don't you think that fountain pens are one of those items that should never just break down or or have some enough wear that you have to throw it out? Like, have you ever done that? Have you ever used a fountain pen to the point where? It's no longer usable. Like, what would it take for a fountain pen to become no longer usable with normal use that you just have to now throw it away? I can't think well, of any scenario. Well, that's I was kind of thinking about that for that one particular pen because it was, you know, it was, it was a very inexpensive pen. But I really like the nib that was on it, so I did want to save it. And that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to is I think if the nib is got all messed up somehow, like the, the nib got bent out of shape, the filling mechanisms broke... Or like something about the pen, like if there's cracks in the material, or like the cap's no longer sealing. There's there's got to be multiple things going on with it for me to be like, all right, it's not it's not worth it for anybody because like it would probably take, it would cost a lot for a nibmeister to fix a nib. You know, mm-hmm. if it, if the nib's available to replace, then that's a different story. But if it was like a discontinued model pen or you know vintage pen that it would cost you a lot to repair the nib or replace the nib, then you'd have to factor that into your consideration. Um, you know, I wouldn't, you know, if it was a vintage pen that had a whole bunch of messed up issues and I didn't want to put the investment into repairing it again, then I might mm-hmm. just put it on eBay. It's broke as is so that somebody else could mm-hmm. then get it. And then because it, because it's a vintage pen that they may want to take the time or the money to mm-hmm. then restore it so you know i wouldn't want to take that out of circulation but for something like a you know if it's like Haveco sport alami safari it's it's you know caps broke or like the nibs all messed up and stuff it's it's gonna cost way too much to even 
you know bother with with you know fixing all of the various issues with it but if it makes sense like if all you have to do is just replace a nib then replace a nib but you know mm-hmm. if there's a whole bunch of things wrong with it then it's just like all right you know it's just it's not worth the the time and, and money involved in you know trying to fix it up again yeah you know getting certified and authorized by glock to repair glock guns and stuff like that across mm-hmm. all generations and stuff made me think like there's no such thing as a certification or authorization from a brand or a company to fix a fountain pen. No, there it's, isn't. I mean, like there's no measurement or there's no stamp that makes it authorized, right? Like, so like any kind of tinkering that you do on a fountain pen voids warranty, right? right. Like, let's say, like, let's say I, I take down a, a Glock down to the last pin and all the springs, I clean it and reassemble it. And you do the exact same thing. Exact same thing, step by step, procedure by procedure. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're not authorized and certified, you voided the warranty. The fact that I did it and I'm authorized doesn't void the warranty. You know what I'm saying? Right. With fountain pens, it doesn't matter who does it. You void the warranty unless it's done by the fountain pen manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? I think there should be some sort of standard or authorizing body that says this person can do r- repairs or nib work on a fountain pen. This person at Goldspot Pens or this person at Goulet Pens or this person at so-and-so. And they are authorized and certified to fix it. And it won't void the warranty, or they're authorized and it certified. It would be nice to, to have it. that, it right? Would be. Like it really if, would. And and all it would really take is, you just have to have someone from the manufacturer or someone from the distributor, trained, who can mm-hmm. train other people, and then certify them. Right. Yeah, because that would cut down on, let's say, for example, there are certain brands that don't want the retailer to take back the pen and this is kind of like a sticking point so you know how sometimes when you have a uh, piece of technology an appliance or whatnot and then you buy it from the store and it says wait there's a big piece of paper it says stop if there's hmm. anything wrong with this you have to call this number do not return back to the place that you purchased this from like there's mm. a lot of appliances yeah, sometimes i'll see that yeah so so like so like the, there's there's a similar thing with certain brands of fountain pens. They don't want the retailers taking back the merchandise and then sending it to the to the the vendor or the the manufacturer distributor or whatever. They okay. want the customers to do the same thing. It's like, "Wait, if there's anything wrong mm-hmm. with this pen?" And they but they don't do it in as overt fashion as some of these appliances I alluded to. So mm-hmm. What what the, but what happens is like let's say for you know a Visconti or a Sailor is that the you know the U.S. distributors don't handle the actual repair they end up sending them overseas so mm. we're talking like a twelve week wait if not more mm. than right. if you know so it would behoove them to create more satisfied brand loyal customers to have the point of contact for any service is to be like more immediate like within the Mm -hmm. retail you know at the retail level so like empower with 
the information and knowledge to be able to do to give them the ability to do the repairs and to do the the adjustments and things like that and then that way you have much more satisfied customers i think you have a lot less in terms of overheads too because you would have to you'd have you'd be spending less time as the manufacturer having to handle repairs you'd be spending more time making new and awesome pens yeah and it would be an easy thing to do right just like think about it certification is once a year at the dc pen show at such and such time Mm -hmm. every retailer can send one or two representatives to act as the certified repair person you know, for example, Visconti will have their their certification from, you know, 8 to 5 p.m. So, you know, they do whatever it is that they have to do. They create, the, you know, each manufacturer creates their PowerPoint and creates a book mm-hmm. on the step-by-step of how to repair their fountain pen and how to do certain things, you know. And then the, they'll do the eight, nine-hour course certification. They'll break down pens and fix them put them back together and stuff like that they'll get certified and then whatever tools that is that they need that is not available to the public they can purchase from the manufacturer or distributor Mm -hmm. they'll have those tools on hand and then on top of that there's nothing that sucks worse than you having something that you bought from a retailer something goes wrong you contact the retailer and because the retailer is not supposed to take it back the retailer turns around and tells the customer, oh, you got to contact the manufacturer. It's kind of like, but wait a minute, I bought the pen from you. I didn't buy it from the manufacturer. Why do I have to contact them? Why yeah. do I have to do all these fucking steps to get something fixed that I bought? And then who takes the blame? The retailer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And people don't really know that that's the process or that's what's happening. The retailer has to kind of abide by what the manufacturer or distributor says for them to do. So... You can't just now go and start taking stuff back, you know, unless, of course, they're just so dissatisfied they just completely and totally and like, want a refund, then it is yeah, what it I is. But... To, yeah, and at that at that point, too, it's just like you, you don't want to erode the trust and the goodwill between the retailer and the customer, nor the manufacturer, which, I mean, mm-hmm. brand loyalty is such, is such a really big thing. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, you want to feel that when you trust... A certain brand of pens that you're going to like you're going to you're going to like put your trust in something that's worthy of it and mm-hmm. if it fails in that certain way then it's just like oh well i'm not ever buying such and such pen brand ever again or they'll say i'll never i'm never going back to that retailer again right right and that's not even the retailer's fault at that point yeah right so and if they like... had so, the same thing happen with another you know, let's say they bought the same model pen from someplace else. They, even though they don't know it, that'll that'll be the same effect will happen. It's like, mm-hmm. well, well, I have something, some issue with this. So if you gotta send it back to the, to the um the manufacturer. Mm. It's like, well, it's just what it is. Yeah, that's so. a frustrating. That's a frustrating experience because now you know yeah. you're you're not seeing that thing again for for three months, and yeah. it's like, well, I bought it now because I wanted it now, not because if I were gonna wait three months, I would have bought it three months from now. You know, and then the only thing that... I could think of in terms of certification, though, is like the the only thing I've heard of anecdotally within the pen community is that there were times when people would go to Richard Binder mm-hmm. and basically spend a weekend with him. Yeah. And that would be kind of like the 
the like the faux certification of like I know my shit with nibs now. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. But but like but like I don't think necessarily that's a thing that's open to everybody to do. I think this is kind of like if you get to know him, like he'll yeah, you, know, you could work with him not on just that. That not just that though. Saying you have that certification is awesome, but doesn't mm-hmm. really hold weight for a brand, right? So, like, if you told Pelican that, oh, yeah, I went to the weekend seminar with Richard Binder, st- stayed the mm-hmm. week there, and I'm really good at nibs, Pelican's not going to turn around, or a brand or a manufacturer or a retail d- distributor is not going to turn around and be like, oh, cool. So, if you have any problems with returns because of defective products, you can fix them. And then we'll compensate you for fixing it since we didn't have to. They're not going to turn around and say that, right? I see what you're saying, but that is the closest thing that we've seen because of right. who Richard Binder is. But at the same time, I like I was saying, I wish that something was actually existent and in place where a brand can say, you know, we're now training authorized retailers, members of authorized retailers in re- service repair. And yeah. Once they're certified and trained, we will stand behind it. You can, you know, I think like Nintendo does that, right? Or, or f- like iPhones do that. You don't. Yeah. Well, can... Apple has like certified, refurbished. You know that that they are there's there's people who are non Apple like they're they're outside of Apple. They're not you know not a business subsidiary of Apple, mm-hmm. but they are certified in being able to fix iPhones. Right, and then you can go there, and the standard is set so they mm-hmm. can fix your phone and you can have confidence in that you yeah. know what i mean it's, it's just that the thing is i i think there's the, the 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 issue i believe is that there's there's certain things that in the pen community are, have just kind of stayed the same way and no one wants to make any changes with it uh one one particular case example is um uh lami lami's u.s repair center or we could mm-hmm. say we could say a center mm-hmm. is the one guy. His name is Lamy Bob. Lamy mm-hmm. Bob has been <laughs> is that doing his real this. Name? Well, no, it's it's his name is Bob Nurin, but mm-hmm. it, he's called Lamy Bob because he's been doing this for decades. Like he's mm-hmm. been doing this whole like si- since the days when Lamy was being sold by Filofax and mm-hmm. uh, like ever since. Uh, so. I've been working in the pen industry for 15 years and like he's been doing it for longer. I I don't know how long he's been doing, but it's just that it's, it's this kind of mentality that it's just like the information is in the possession of, of like a few select people who then, then there's really no motivation to like train other people because that's the same guy that's been doing it and is happy doing it for years and years and years what's the point in showing anybody else because they're just they're just planning on him doing it until you know in infinity and that apparently yeah, is the, good enough see but the thing is i'm saying like i think the point is customer satisfaction which is what which is critical if customers aren't satisfied they're not going to buy all right so if customers in california have a guy to fix it then they don't have to ship it all the way to new york right mm-hmm. they can do it locally they can find the guy who does it locally and they can get their pen back faster right if that fails because something's so catastrophically defective then the manufacturer steps up and replaces it or something right but at least it saved the manufacturer legwork 
and if it's a successful fix, it saved the customer time. I don't know if it'll save money because I, I personally hate it when I buy something that's defective and now I got to pay out of pocket to ship it, Ugh. right? Because it's like, wait a minute, I'm being penalized because I got a defective product. Mm-hmm. The defection isn't that's... my fault. Why am I paying yeah. for shipping? You know what I mean? So the pen industry is pretty freaking good about it, right? So like you get a de- defected product or a nib that doesn't write. Every pen, just every pen retailer will send you a return label, which is fantastic, right? So, the only thing that I'm having to do is go to the mailbox and drop it in, and then I have to wait, which is bad enough. But if it in other industries, you have to do that. On top of it, you have to pay for shipping, which really kind of irks me. Like I get really upset about that, and it's not the money; it's the principle. You know My friend Mike, um, he recently purchased an M1000 nib mm. to replace. It was a broad uh, to replace on his Sufron M1000. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he likes wet and smooth, super mm. gusher. He loves the Who types doesn't? of stuff. So he yeah. bought it from uh, Colt Pens. And okay. because, I mean, they have incredible... They're, they're in Europe, so it's like they have the amazing pricing that U.S. doesn't get. Mm-hmm. on pelican so we've talked about that a number of times on the podcast mm-hmm. before and it's just so he he got he gets it from there and i actually got to see this pen too and i got to try it out and everything it just it will it just it was such a skipper it was so bad mm. like it just like the the ink flow was inconsistent hard starting it's just a shame because the the nib when it was actually writing was just so beautifully smooth wet mm-hmm. springy um amazing nib but it's just it just was not working properly it just would it would write it would write well if you had it dipped but then once it starts to pull from the mm-hmm. reserve it just would be such a terribly inconsistent nib and their solution for it was you could send it on your own dime back to us and then if we determine that there's something wrong with it then we will refund you the shipping so it's like okay um i guess you're not taking my word for it that is defective you know so it's like yeah no that's you know, fucked up yeah that was that's what pelican said no no this is colt send it back to colt Colts. pens oh the right what, what are they a retail i don't know anything about colt pens oh they're um uh they're uh in the uk they're a, oh, okay. a retailer yeah it's a pretty big retailer from what i understand in okay. the uk so, wow you know but he did it because of the the pricing discrepancy, and he's kind of like, oh, I don't think yeah. I'll be doing that again. So yeah, and that's the problem sometimes you get with, unless you're buying from like Iguana Cell or Apple Apple Bloom Apple Bloom, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I'm surprised Colt if Colt is big as it is, that they wouldn't just do the right thing right from jump, you know. Because mm. think about it, this guy who your buddy you said, yeah, yeah. Your buddy, he he spent more time with that nib and gave it more chances than the retailer probably will when they receive it back. They're more than likely just dip it right like the word hello, and then it's fine. Mm. Right? I mean, so, he knows his stuff, too. He's got so many... He's got so many different pens that it's like... Mm. It's like if, if he's telling you that something's wrong with it, 
Mm. You know, it's not just like, oh, well, it could be a novice, could be like a bad ink right. and paper combination, or he's writing whatever, he's writing at a different angle. It's like, mm. could, trust me, he's got enough knowledge to know that it's, something's up with this thing. And I, mm. you know, he brought it to me because he's like, he's like, I, you know, if there's something else that I could do for it, just maybe a slight little adjustment or whatever. But uh, it's it, that was outside of, but that would be great if if I had that knowledge too, to be able to be like, oh well, you know certified pelican nib meister or repair yeah. special you know so so somebody could actually just take it and be like hey you know this that and the other things wrong with it or maybe even have like a a quick main line into like the person maybe not like the most knowledgeable to fix advanced issues but then would mm -hmm. be like would be the first person of contact to be like i know i could reach out to on pelican on this and then get their advice and then mm -hmm. be able to do it myself rather than having to send it you know mm -hmm. somewhere else but yeah i mean that's what we that's... should we should push for that we should yeah, try to get i think i think like everybody should think about it i think yeah. i think ronnie over at pen chalet would be down for it if someone in his team had a a certified pelican repair person and you know mm -hmm. goulet had a certified pelican repair person or you you know gold spot i mean because a lot of retailers they also try to do the right thing by you know, someone has a problem with their pen, they'll try to fix it for them, mm -hmm. right? They'll have them send it back and they'll tune the nib or make sure it works or see what's wrong or maybe clean it or do something and then get it back to them, right? Because, yeah, you know, they don't want, they don't want people to have to send their pens back to distributors or manufacturers and wait fucking 20 years just to get it back, right? So yeah, and there's very few, there's very few that will actually have that kind of service, I think. Uh, one that I could think of right off the top of my head was was Fountain Pen Hospital was because I don't know if they still when the when they changed over uh, to being owned by Manu I I think the um, I don't I don't know if they still have the nib the uh, pen repair specialist that was on staff there or uh, nibs dot com I know mm -hmm. would have a uh, they because they do tuning and nib work there yeah. too um, I think Farney's I believe has somebody who does. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if there was an actual like person who was certified by the brand or the manufacturer, right. then we don't need to know who's the guy doing. Like, think about it. Fountain Pen Hospital. They had a pen repair guy. I don't know who the guy was. I don't know his name. I don't know anything. I mean, I was like, oh, I'll, I guess I'll. I guess they know what they're doing, right? But mm -hmm. let's say they say, oh, this guy is a certified repair person for this brand or a certified repair person for this brand. Even though right. I'm sending a pen that's not that brand, at least I know, oh, this guy's certified enough that the brand, acts, that a brand actually certifies him and trusts him to do the work on their behalf. Like at but a I didn't certain know standard. About, yeah, I, don't, I didn't know anything about the guy who was fixing my Paniter La Grande Valetza Dolomite Green that I purchased from Goulet mm -hmm. Pens back in 2017 and was the subject of my first review. I knew nothing about him. I had to trust him. I had to trust it on blind faith, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that the Fountain Pen Hospital has been around for a long time, which really doesn't mean a whole lot when it comes to the guy who repairs it, right? So, like, I don't know what standard they have for that. I know who Linda Kennedy is, and could I have sent it to her? Sure, I could have. I could have all—it would also meant waiting six months, right? So— you need a, a nib repaired or a, something done to your nib, and you send it to Linda Kennedy, who's trained by Richard Binder. She's probably one of the best out there. 
one of the, I'm not saying the, because I don't want anyone who is also really good to be offended. You have to wait. You're on a waiting list. There's a wait list. But think about it. If there is people at every retailer, you know, I could send, I could say, hey, call up Goldspot. Hey, Tom, I need this done to my pen. Okay, well, you know, it's going to be $35 for the repair. How long is it going to take? Oh, it's going to take about two weeks. All right, cool. Let me call you back. I could shop around. Hey, Ronnie, what's going on? I need this done to my pen. Oh, okay, it's going to be, you know, $45. How long is it going to take? Less than a week. Boom. I can either go with cheaper and take longer. I can go with more expensive and faster. At least I have options. But if if it's not there, then you have to deal with being stuck in a situation where you ha- your options are take it or leave it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's not cool in an industry where people are so passionate and adoring to the hobby. Right? Yeah. We have so many industries that are not as passionate, that people are not as caring about their products or their hobby but get so much more in terms of service than the fountain pen industry, right? Like so, air conditioners. It's not a, not a sexy appliance, but there's people who know how to fix air conditioners. Yeah. And you could call them and they'll be, they'll, you could call them and they'll be there in 20 minutes if mm-hmm. you pay, you know, emergency fees mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah, there's, it's, you know, there's a lot of unsexy that? things that, people are that there's repair services for yeah pens is not really also think about this too this is the the niche market of the fountain pen industry is not you're not a millionaire because you sell fountain pens or fix fountain pens right retail stores they're not selling iphones they're not selling huge profit margins they're not making millions of dollars a day right it's an industry that's pretty small this is a way to think about it, expand it, right? Like think about it, like with the purchase of your pen for an additional $15, uh, you'll have an additional three years on top of the warranty that comes with the manufacturer's pen. So if, for example, a pen is a two-year warranty with the manufacturer, you're going to add additional three years on top of that because you got the guys there that are trained. And then let's say... At Goldspot, it's it's Chris. He's the trained repair person, and then what happens is, you know, he gets a gig to play at Coachella because everybody. I don't know if everybody knows he's a musician and an artist and an extremely talented young man. And then he's like, "Hey, Tom, I get to play at Coachella." And then he gets makes it big, and then he goes traveling around the world. You know, you can always certify another person. But there'll always be someone who's certified available. And because mm-hmm. of that, you can offer extended warranties for nominal pricing. They just got to bring it back to you. If something ever goes wrong in the next five years, we'll, we'll fix it. And then the brand is backing you. So, you know. And then there'll be phone calls being made. So let's say if you, if you bought a Sufron 800 mm-hmm. from a, a pen retailer and they have these warranties available, in about five years or so, you're going to get a phone call from an unknown number and then they'll be like so how would you be interested in an extended warranty for your pen mr penboy roy 
Because <laughs> you know you get a lot of those for the uh, car warranties. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like, how would you like your extended warranty for your pen? It'll be only yeah, twenty nine ninety five uh, for the first year. It, that's taking it too far. I'm just saying <laughs> there's more options to expand the ability to make the industry more accessible and viable for everybody. Because mm-hmm. I would for sure pay 15 extra dollars knowing that if I bought a $125 pen or a $200 pen, that if anything goes wrong for the next five years instead of two years, it's going to be covered. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, like with my iPhone, I pay for Apple Care. But I still take care of my phone. Just because I have Apple Care doesn't mean I'm going to beat the fuck out of it and let it fucking fall out of a truck, right? Mm-hmm. People are still going to do their best to take care of their pens. But two years from the day they bought it, after their warranty expires, the center band might just come off, right? Or something just detaches or doesn't work or it leaks or something like that, you know? Or, you know, they have a they have an option. And they don't have to send it back to the manufacturer or the distributor. They don't have to be grilled like they're criminals. And they can just get a resolution. Anyway, that's that's all I got for this week. We got to start wrapping this up. Do you have anything else that you want to say about that? Um, well, I thought it was also interesting, too. It just popped in my head. It's like, what if you... Let's say if you, well, I mean, that would be difficult because then you could have a lot of stuff that you could send. But I was thinking, what if there was like some sort of membership basis where you you would, where like, where like, let's say, you know, let's say you bought a pen from Mm -hmm. a retailer and instead of like saying, well, extended warranty for just that particular pen, what if you just paid for, let's say a yearly, um, like a year, like a once a year sort of fee that would then allow you to send back any of your pens but like kind of maybe cap it at a certain number whatever makes Mm. sense and then that Mm. way if you had any other pre-existing pens that had issues you could be like well i have this one that just the nib's not right or i dropped it or whatever and could you you know i'll send this to you and you fix so that kind of yeah that that would that would be great but then but like i was going back to if you if you make it for every pen brand then you have to be certified in every pen brand yeah, and that I think that every... really should be the way to go is that the at least yeah. the major ones be like certified pilot, Pelican, Visconti, mm-hmm. like Carandash, like and then that way you but that's it's just like I know it's a lot of information coming from a lot of different manufacturers, but I mean that would be ideal in being able to be like the front line of service and then mm-hmm. really really amping up that level of service. Yeah. Making and it that's better what I... for the yeah, and that's that's what I want to see. I want to see that kind of service because right now the best thing you can get at retailers is a shipping label back to the retailer and a refund or replacement, right? Which is mm-hmm. fine. But what about for someone who it doesn't work for them to refund or replace something because they had it for three years or it's not around, the pen's not around anymore or that color is not available anymore? You know, something goes wrong with a person's pen after a couple of years. They're kind of just sitting on it and eating it. There's no, there's no recourse for them. It doesn't matter yeah. what the brand is unless it's like, you know, like a, a Conklin that, you know, has is, is a lifetime warranty and, and all that, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, what about for pens that are limited editions, right? A limited edition Pelican that doesn't exist anymore. What's their recourse? 
right? Well, the, a lot of pens are getting like that these days where it's a special color, limited mm -hmm. edition. There's so many. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what if an SD that you bought three years ago that's not in production anymore was seasonal? But it's not mm -hmm. that material's not being in production anymore. Yeah, you have to hope do. that they still have parts for that because yeah. maybe they don't. Yeah. So anyway, just food for thought. I, I really yeah. want people to chime in and tell me what you think about that idea. And all this was born of my whole, you know, my whole process of becoming a, yeah, getting a, becoming a Glock armor and learning about like the, the history of it and how to repair them and parts and stuff. And it's just like, you know what? That's cool because now, like, let's say you live in my area and for whatever reason you have a dozen Glocks and five of them are broken, you don't have to now send it to Austria. You don't have to send it to the factory, you know, wherever it is in the U.S. Or, you know, you, you can bring it to me. I take payment in the form of fountain pens. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I wanted to talk about that pen that we that I got in the mail. But since we can't, we'll have to wait till next week. And... Like I said, we got to wrap this up, but thank you again for joining us. This was episode number 186 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. Stay tuned for Karis Customs. Stay tuned for my good buddy Lyman Good. We got to schedule things out, and we'll see you next time. Love you guys. Be well, be safe. Stay inky.